we know that there were many people living at the time of Jesus' birth who were waiting. They were waiting for a great and powerful king like King David. They had hoped somebody would come from his line who would rise to power and then who would eventually drive out those horrible Romans or anybody else who was in the promised land. And if we push forward into about two months from now, and we go to that first Palm Sunday, we know that there were people there, and as Jesus was entering in on Palm Sunday, there were people wondering if this Jesus, the son of Mary and that carpenter, maybe that Jesus was that promised king that they were waiting for. Now we also know that there was a very small minority living in the land of Israel. And people referred to them as the quiet in the land. These were people who did not have some kind of idea of military might. They weren't looking for some powerful and banner-carrying army. They weren't looking and having dreams of violence. These were simple, humble, godly people that just waited. They believed in a life of constant prayer and waiting on God. They were just quietly and patiently waiting for God to make his promise. Simeon and Anna seemed to both be two of these said individuals. But on this day, they were excited. They were excited because finally the day had arrived when God was going to show them the light of revelation and glory that he was promising for generations and generations. But, but let's not fool ourselves. This waiting around, it wasn't an easy job, folks. Simeon was old. He had likely probably had a life in which he buried every single loved one he had. There's a good chance he was the only person still living from his original social circle. And as he lived this long life, he had watched day in and day out his people be beat up and oppressed by those dirty Romans. And then they were abused by their own religious leader. And then there was Anna. Anna had experienced grief very early on in her life. She was a widow. And yet we see that because of her faith, she was never allowed to grow bitter. She had experienced one of the greatest blessings that God gives us, marriage, for seven years. But then was widowed for 84 of them, in which we're told she went and moved to the temple and worshiped there day and night, meaning that she lived some of her life, most of her life, maybe all of the rest of her life after she buried her husband at the temple. I'm betting that there's a bunch of us in this room tonight. We can't imagine one day, one year, without our spouse, let alone 84 years. But on this day, these two had only one thing in mind. Finally, finally, the light of revelation and glory had appeared. But you know what? Not everybody was as excited as this prophet and this prophetess. Like Simeon had prophesied, the light of revelation was going to cause the falling of many. 
The Greek word here for revelation simply means to make information known. And so as the light of the world, Jesus was going to expose dim hearts and dark deeds. His birth exposed the dim heart of King Herod. His teaching, his parables, his miracles exposed the dim hearts and the dark deeds of Israel's religious elite. His holy life and his death would expose the dim hearts of every single man, woman, and child that was chanting praises to him on Palm Sunday and then turning around and chanting hate and anger at him on Good Friday. And folks, whether we like it or not, Jesus as the light of the world, as that revelation of light, that light of revelation, he also exposes your and my dim hearts in dark deeds as well. The light of revelation has revealed, day in and day out through his incarnation, his life, his death, his resurrection, that our hearts can be very dim and our deeds can be very dark. As the light of the world, as that light of revelation, Jesus has pointed out numerous times, if we really think about it during this Christmas season, that maybe our hearts and our minds have been too focused on the presence under the tree and figuring out a way to find time to spend it on what we want and what we think is important and lesser things, instead of focusing on the present in the manger. Instead of spending time with the one who enlightens our hearts and minds. As that, uh, as that light of revelation, Jesus exposes those deeds that we think nobody else knows of, that nobody else sees. Those thoughts of hate for our fellow man and woman that we've had this past year. Those excuses that we've given to God that we haven't had time with everything going on in 2020 to worship him, even though we've had more opportunities than ever before to do so. Those sinful thoughts and words against God's authority in an election year. Those adulterous thoughts, words, and deeds that we've then committed in the dark, or, or in the light for that matter. Those sins of covetousness that we allow ourselves to get wrapped up in like a blanket, which is far too easy to happen to us in the month of December in this country as we look out and we see everything that everybody else has wanting and forgetting about every single blessing that you and I have already been given and do get day in and day out from our loving God. See, as the light of the world and as that light of revelation shines upon our hearts and our lives with his radiance and with his holiness, he reveals our many sins. And we should want to hide. We should want to hide like that little girl wanting to hide when mom or dad walk into the bedroom because she won't get up and we flip on the light. When we take the moment and we reflect on our many dark deeds, we should feel a hurting worse than that child's eyes do from being suddenly exposed to light after having been asleep for a while. Now, as much as Jesus is that light of revelation, Simeon also said that he was a light of glory. 
And as that light of glory, we are promised that he will raise up many. Jesus' perfect life in his death on the cross raises up the dimmest hearts, your heart, in mine, because of all that he did to make us holy and radiant as we stand before our Heavenly Father. Think of it this way. As you watch them carry in what you think is even the ugliest Christmas tree through the front door of the Hallmark Christmas movie you're watching. And yet they can take that tree, and some of them are ugly, and they can take that tree, and then they set it up, and they decorate it, and they light it up, and it looks totally different. Think about that for a minute. It's as if those people at Hallmark will take trees, trees that you and I would never even think of spending a dollar on, that we walk past at the tree lot or at the tree farm for, and we never want to see it. And yet somehow they have this ability to take it, and when they're done with it, after they've decorated it and after they've turned on the lights, it looks like we all think, well, maybe that thing should go out and be lit up for Rockefeller Center. Well, see, in a much, much grander, and in a much, much greater way, my friends, that's what Jesus coming at the manger of Bethlehem and his holy life and his death on the cross has done for you and me and everybody who believes. From the wood of the manger to the wood of the cross, Jesus lived a life that was holy and it was radiant. And on the cross, since darkness tried to swallow up that light of glory, the light of the world, but it couldn't. Yes, Jesus died, but we know we know the darkness didn't win because three days later, Jesus rose glorious and bright on that first Easter. The Christ child, the light of this world, life, death, and resurrection totally obliterated the power of sin, death, and hell. Satan and his followers, they fell. You, me, every single person that believes, we have been raised up by God. And by God's gift of faith that he has wrapped you and given you in baptism, that he keeps burning bright inside of you through the means of grace, through that very gift, the Christ child has become the light of your life, giving you forgiveness. No matter how dark that deed was, giving you eternal life and promising you salvation in the illuminated mansions of heaven above. Folks, the birth that we celebrate this time of year, that we celebrated yesterday, is meant to give us hope here and in glory everlasting. And we need the light that the word and the sacrament give to us every time we come into contact, that they bring to us again and again, because you know what? It's a dark world. And so others need that light too. It seems like darkness is everywhere. It's all around us. Families are riddled by drugs and alcohol. Every year, how many people are killed by drunk or careless drivers? Parents are fighting. The children are left in the middle. People are burdened with cancer, even worse diseases. Others bear the burden of a broken relationship. They need forgiveness. There are elderly people who are left all alone and have nobody to talk to, nobody to care for them and love them. And my list can go on and on and on because as we look out into this world, we see that darkness has made a mess of our world 
badly. But see, sin, the darkest enemy of all, my friend, it cannot overcome you. And it has no chance in your life when your life is in the hands of the one who is the light of revelation and glory. No matter, even if you're going through yourself, one of those things that I just mentioned here. Now see, Mary's son and God's son is with you. He is with you in his means of grace. He is providing you with the strength to endure and he will again and again give you the power to rise above such things. Remember, Jesus became poor and lowly so that you could be raised to his divine glory in heaven. And so now we need to remember that we're also then the ones hearing this right now that God has put in this world to tell other people that fact. That our faith is to be like a lantern drawing people to the Christ child in the manger this time of year and all year long. Jesus said, you, you the ones listening to my word, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Folks, in this Christmas season, may the Holy Spirit, through the word, and through the Holy Supper, continue to light up your faith with the strength and the desire to let the light of Christ shine forth in what you do, in what you say, in what you think, attracting others to the Christ child, Jesus, the light of revelation and glory. Merry Christmas. Amen. Amen.